So welcome everybody. We are back with yet another panel talk uh, from coaches and we're going to talk about uh, hockey. We're going to talk about the World Cup and uh, the idea is that uh, obviously I shut up as much as possible. These are the questions that, that I have prepared, but uh, if you're watching us uh, live, uh, feel free to add your questions in the comments and, uh, and we'll bring them on as well to ask the panel here. But uh, yeah, let me, let me start by, by introducing uh, the guys who are already online. Um, as you can see, we're, we're, we're only three at the moment. The, the idea is that, that uh, Shay McAleese will be joining us as well. But yeah, in, uh, in New Zealand, it is uh, midnight. Uh, Shay uh, went to sleep. I, he promised to put his alarm on and, and wake up. But uh, I'm guessing that he's got some difficulties there. So we'll see if he joins us live. But uh, the one on your screen, uh, Xavier Reckinger, uh, former Belgian international uh, uh, from the generation before the golden generation. Sorry, Xavier, but you 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 brought with okay. <laughs> you played you played with all of them. That's true, and, and you had you had two Olympics, you had uh, World Cups, uh, you had uh, your fair share of success as well. Um, following your playing days, uh, which went on and on and on and on, uh, but following your playing days uh, and even during your playing days, you uh, took an interest into coaching. Um, coached at your club, coached at the Belgian Federation in uh, in all of the youth uh, uh, pathways to uh, to the Red Lions and uh, to the Red Panthers. Uh, then you got the uh, invite from Jamino Mulders to become an assistant uh, for the German national women and finally took over from Jamilon uh, and uh, were the, was the head coach for the German women for many years and uh, like we talked about in the pre-show here uh, you, you're taking a little bit of a break from the exhausting job of an international head coach uh, yeah. but obviously still very much involved in uh, in hockey here so mm -hmm. uh, welcome Sergei uh, Love to hear all of your insights uh, here uh, about the World Cup. Uh, Thanks. Our second guest is uh, August Carodini, uh, former international player for uh, Argentina. Uh, wow. If I'm not mistaken, August, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were part of that uh, legendary generation that started the road to the top for the Argentina men with a youth international World Cup win in Rotterdam in 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, you played for, for Argentina for, for, for many years, uh, also went into coaching, obviously, and uh, coached uh, Las Leonas, the Argentina women, uh, for, for a while, uh, before moving to Belgium, where you are now the head coach for uh, Leopold, uh, one of the top clubs in the Belgian honor division. So, uh, August, uh, welcome, and uh, let, let's... Uh, Let's hear what uh, what the Argentina vision is on uh, on this World Cup. Um, so, uh, guys, uh, first question is is uh, and, and let me start with you, Xavier. Uh, uh, yeah. What was a remarkable uh, game or remarkable moment from the previous games uh, we've seen so far uh, from the World Cup for you? Well, my preferred game was uh, Argentina against France. Huh? Uh, I think it was a really weird game. It went in every direction. Uh, Argentina leading, then France leading, and thinking they've won the game, and then still conceding the, the draw at the end. Argentina celebrating like they actually won the title. Um, so it meant a lot to them. And it 
changed everything also in the in the rankings i um i really enjoyed that game i thought it was a fantastic game it's also um uh, good to see that the corners you know there was a lot of chats uh, at least here about the corners not going too well and not delivering but I'm always of the opinion the more you get to the end of the tournament the more the corner starts to run and that was a good example in that game that it actually does that so yeah definitely that game absolutely uh august uh, i i guess you liked the outcome of that game uh, as well because uh, yeah getting back into the game at 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 uh, what was it 20 seconds before the end yeah even less uh, 10 seconds yeah was was penalty corner and then re retake and then i think the difference was um victor charlet the runner the first runner was out because of running before so uh, france was defending one was less player mm -hmm. so that's also make the difference but i agree with the with sav that uh, was the most amazing match to see eh? i i had my my heart broken into pieces because of course argentina is my, is my country but i have three players from leopold playing at france so um, I was half of my heart from for them as well, but I think uh, Argentina was celebrating that draw because for Argentina it's very important. You know, I, I think uh, have a crossover directly with uh, with Korea first. I think it's more uh, more easy. I, I don't want to less respect to to the Korean team that is really good, but I think it's easier than other crossovers. And then in case of winning and they're playing with the Netherlands, I think it's also a really good team, but not as well as, as Belgium, for example, as Germany or as Australia. England, I think is really, really strong. India. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a really big draw. I almost say big win for Argentina, <laughs> but it um, was, was a big result for the, for the expectation of the, of the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for me, one of one of the best games was was Argentina Australia. Uh, a couple of games before, but there for me, Argentina really surprised me the way that they played Australia. What was your take on that on that game, uh, August? How, how come that that Australia had so much difficulties with uh, Argentina? Because, like every every country against Argentina, Argentina is unpredictable. Uh, even to me, even even to me, even for us, I think every nation has um, his own culture. Um, every team, in fact, has his own culture. For me, uh, right now, Leopold is different than Gantuas, than uh, Dragons, uh, and Argentina is different than Netherlands, than Australia, than Belgium. So, Argentina, we have the strong to be always on the match, no matter the score it is. Um, we don't mind if we playing against one v one. If we if we playing against zone, Argentina is always in the top of performance in the individual shape. So I think can surprise everyone. Uh, and Australia also start playing not the system that that for me make the best for for them. And Argentina take the the match to to his match. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Xavier, what was your take on that game? Yeah, I like that game as well, but I think uh, it's a difference between the most exciting game and like just, you know, enjoyment. And uh, yeah. the, the Australia-Argentina game was more of a tac tactical chess game. And I we discussed also in the pre-show, I think uh, in, in 
one of the big changes in this tournament, I, you, you, in, in, in questions, uh, maybe we'll get to that later, but it's that high ball uh, into the circle and the way you defend it. I'm personally a little bit, I miss a little bit some creativity and some, uh, some, some new ways of defending that. Uh, I, I see that many teams still struggle with it. And I think Argentina is probably the one team that deals, or one of the uh, teams that deals the best with it. Uh, and yeah, they prepared really well for uh, for that Australian game. So I think it was a very very deserved game. And you see there that they're one of the outsiders and that they're capable for everything um, against every opponent. So um, yeah, it's it's one of the outsiders for me in this tournament. And I totally agree with Agus as well. I can totally understand why they were so happy. Yeah, the, the road now to the semi-finals and the medal games is probably easier no disrespect to any team but it's on paper at least a little bit easier and you also see why uh, france was uh, obviously also devastated now but on the other hand i wouldn't have mind uh seeing uh gonzalo play against argentina and see what that uh what that would have been i know they already played pro league but i'm just curious what that uh yeah what that would have been like you know it must have been a big first i was involved in the process of him becoming a, a German citizen. Well, not directly, but I knew it was coming. And yeah, the question that always popped up with me was, how is that going to be received anywhere else? And I think having then such a game at the World Cup, maybe it comes later. I don't know the crossovers exactly or later on, but would have been interesting yeah, to see as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, um, how has how, how that, that been perceived in Argentina? No, my hair is my heart is broken. Mm. <laughs> oh. I, I love him. I love him as a as a friend. I also when I was assistant coach of uh, Argentina when when he started playing in the senior team, so I had a really good relationship with him. Uh, he's a really 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 nice guy, mm. uh, and for me it's a it's a pity. And a shame that the uh, Argentinian player is playing for Germany, and also there is um, Menini playing for Spain. Uh, that's a really big pity. Um, but I don't mm. want to enter in that in that uh, in that thing because there is personal things. Uh, so I think the they have to talk about it, not not me. Eh? Mm. But just getting back to the to the tactic. Rick, I agree with you that um, the rule of the receiving flicks into the circle is something that the teams are struggling, but also the umpires are struggling. And also us as, as, a, as a fans looking the, the World Cup, we are struggling also. I think it's, it's really difficult to manage. And not even for Argentina was easy to, to handle with it. Eh? Because against France, they they did a penalty stroke because of that. The goalkeeper ran... To the player yeah. receiving the ball in the circle, and also two penalty corners, and and they were also putting in risk the match because of of that rule. I think for every team, this is one of the biggest changes that we see from the last World Cup to this World Cup. How many uh, high balls are played into the circle with a with a forward static, uh, just winning the position of the ball? So this is something that teams. We'll we'll have to learn to play to play against. Yeah, but I, I agree, Agus. But that's where I'm disappointed because Belgium's been doing it for a long time. I mean, I can remember a goal in the semi-final in Rio from uh, John John Dorman. It was a high ball that was flicked to Charlier. Great receive. He passed it then to John John, who 
who scored and that pretty much sealed the game for Belgium at that time. And I think they were, I know they were practicing it already a lot and now it's become, it's become a habit for them. And in, in, they did it in Tokyo. They, they really started it. Now all the nations are following. And okay, that question of was it a penalty stroke or not, I don't know what they said in the briefing before the tournament and surely the empires will have to learn. But I'm just a little bit disappointed in the amount of time it takes for defensive adaptations. Of course, it's a new it's a new factor. It's 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 a great adding to the to the tactic. But yeah, somehow I just find that that's and I think that's really where Argentina is head. That's what I meant. I think that they manage defensively already better. It was really weird this decision, but maybe the Empire sees the goalkeeper charge out, thinks it's a foul on purpose, and therefore gives the stroke. Um, I think it's still going to be also an empowering um, thing, probably further on the tournament. But hopefully, also for them, the experience will grow and they will get maybe some more details towards the the, the knockout games now, and that will uh, will be sorted. I just find that. A lot of strikers can receive very easily the balls there uh, in in the yeah. circle. And if you ask me personally, yeah, you know it's going to happen. You know all teams are looking. You need to adapt to it. Uh, it's just my opinion. And then it's it's maybe the guy receives the ball in front of you on the ground, but at least you still have a chance. You know what I mean? It's 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 that sort of uh, balance you need to get. When we were young, Agus, you probably also were told that the further the ball is, the more you can be in front of your guy. As a defender, that doesn't count anymore now because at the highest level, it totally changed. So it's definitely a great new dynamics to the game, but I hope, and I also expect it, that towards the knockout games, teams will defend it better. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I think it's, I agree with you that it's a really big challenge for, for teams, but also because many teams are also start defending zone in the circle that in the past were not too, too common. Yeah. Um, so this is also an open door to to flicks mm -hmm. into the circle to higher balls yeah. so and that's that, that's a choice no depending on your team if you are strong playing the zone maybe you let receive the flicks and you don't mind maybe you are really strong playing man to man so you can follow and you don't mind to open some spaces mm -hmm. and pass in the in the center of the circle so i think I'm really happy with that rule eh? because I think open uh, forward playing and and more uh, more goals to come and more penalty corners to come and I think when you are a fan or when you are a child you want to see penalty corners and goals and I, and I think if you close windows doors to to score uh, or we change rules to not um, push for more goals or for more penalty corners we are just uh, don't make it our more visible so i'm always for for making our sport more visible yeah for sure don't you think that that maybe the the uh, the use of the high ball that often is is a little bit of a degradation of of the build-up of the game over over the, over the ground uh, are we not because we're seeing a lot less combinations into the circle because of that high ball rule Shall I start? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Look, the way I see it is it's very simple. When you have the ball, if you can play it immediately to the central striker because he's free, that's what you do. Now teams defend, so you build tactics to go around them or through them or whatever eh, to get past that. But it's the basic of hockey. You get the ball, you want to get it to the striker so he can score the goal. 
Now teams defend when they defend in the zone. Like Agu said, okay, one way is to go over them. It's a new thing that sort of developed over the last years. Now all the teams are doing it. It's a great addition. But then maybe team starts defending differently because of that. And all of a sudden now you have more space to play on the ground. And that adaptability and that decision-making is what's going to make the difference in the end in the knockout games between the teams that are going to go far in this tournament and not. And it's also about individual quality, of course. Huh? You need to be able to do everything. But I don't think it's going to degrade it. Uh, on the contrary, uh, if you have teams that are defending really low in the circle, zonal, it can make the sport a bit boring. And this option is just a great addition uh, to it and that the empires let it go and are quite strict on uh, on that aspect for me is not a... It's an addition. I agree with Agus on that side. I don't know how you mm -hmm. see that. But... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I see it in the same way. Eh? I see that open more weapons to, to attacking team. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we're going we're gonna to become handball. You know, just a yeah. team defending the circle and the other one trying to round it to, to enter. So it's like, do you imagine field hockey without penalty corner? No. I don't. I don't because sometimes the the teams are too close and too deep uh, that it's impossible without penalty corners to open matches. So mm -hmm. for me, it's add, uh, added value as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, yeah. one of the cool games uh, from 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 the pool games uh, for me as well was was uh, Germany Belgium uh, Belgium Germany. Uh, what what was your take on on that game, uh, August? Maybe you first. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, the first half Belgium was much, 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 much better. Um, always with the ball. When Germany tries to build up, uh, Belgium just recovering the ball too too fast. I think, in my point of view, of course, I didn't know the, the how Germany uh, prepared the match, but Germany was not playing with the contacts player with the with the midfielders, and also I think Germany has really big big players and really talented ones uh, so germany was trying just to play flicks long flicks and belgium was was really big really really in, in a better place really well placed in the in the field but i think then germany start to play as Rex said before uh, with little combination we start to 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 combine with the with the key players and i think the match was uh, then for for whatever, for whatever team, but it was really attracting to see. Xavier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, in the lead up to the game, I thought it was really interesting because in the Pro League, uh, end of last year in Argentina, they played each other and it's the first time since a long time, I think uh, six or seven years, that in an official game, Germany actually was able to beat Belgium. And I know mentally it was a big barrier to breach. Uh, then Closely before the World Cup, um, they played each other again in Cadiz, and I knew Belgium would thump, would thump uh, Germany, and it actually happened. I think it was six or seven nil. And now in this game, I thought it would be a, a fairly even game, but then with, with Arthur being injured, it does have an impact. Mm -hmm. I actually think somehow it might have been an advantage for Belgium because it was a little bit harder for Germany to predict what Belgium was going to do, and for me that explains a little bit. The change also in momentum, like Agu said, I totally agree with him. The second half, uh, Germany adapted better and played better because they sort of figured out how Belgium was playing. Um, but it was a nice tactical chess game again. Um, two teams that are very, very close to each other. 
um, at this stage. And the interesting thing for me is also that you really see Germany is hunting now. Huh? They're they're really hunting again. They really want to get on the podiums again. They really want to. They also openly say they want to win the tournament. So it's um it's it's really an important uh, uh measure for them also the fact that then afterwards they take the goalkeeper out in the last game to still try and top the group it it means a lot for them and yeah i think i hope we get to see another belgium uh, germany game uh at this tournament because they're always uh, just really really good games mm-hmm. absolutely T- talking about taking goalie out of the out of the game uh Obviously, one of the key moments in, in the pool games for New Zealand was when Craig Nickel took his goalie out against Holland uh, in, in the first quarter. Um, what do you think about that decision? Was it to, to disrupt Holland or, or what was the thinking behind that, do you think? Or would you have ever done that, Xavier? Yeah, look... Um... My last game at the Olympics, uh, I think it would, could have been one of the tools I should have used. Uh, but I, yeah, for me, I, I don't mind taking the goalkeeper out at the end of the game if you have to force something. I think I'm a coach that likes to do that. Um, I'm not sure he did it be, to try and disrupt uh, Holland. I think it's more to trigger his team. You know, Some, it happens. Sometimes it just happens. You can't reach your team, or it's just one of these days, like like one game in 80, it happens, yeah? And then it's just like to create a shortcut, just reset everyone. It's like control, I'll delete on the computer. Guys, what are we doing? You take the goalkeeper, you do something crazy just to try and trigger it. And um, I think it's more in that fashion that he, um, he would have done it. It's definitely something that could be used more, I think. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah, that's a little bit how, how I see it. But yeah, interesting uh, for sure. Yeah, August? Uh, I personally not agree uh, with putting the, the goalkeeper out in, in the first quarter. But uh, every great idea in the world start, start as a crazy idea in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love to see other sports, how they manage. Um, some time ago, I was talking with a with a handball uh, coach from Argentina, a friend of me, that he told me that right now in handball, much teams are putting out the goalkeeper and playing with one more player to attack. And when they lose the ball, the goalkeeper is in the line. So just run and sprint to the goal and they change. So wh- why not in the future? You know, I think we have to be open. Um, of course, uh, this time, the, the the New Zealand coach and the New Zealand team they didn't get the the result they expect for that, but why not in the future? I don't know. Right now, as a as a coach, I cannot see that as an advantage, but uh, maybe in the future it is with some change it or with another way. The issue is also how you can do it. Uh, so I uh, I experienced a little bit with it. For example, at the end of a quarter, let's say you have a long corner, there's 12 seconds to play. You could say, okay, I mean, we shouldn't lose the ball. There's 12 seconds to go. It's still a long time. I mean, in in, in two seconds, the ball can be in a circle, but we experience it. But it's also a a thing of you have to ask the table. The table needs to communicate to the empire. The empire needs to hear it. In India, at a full stadium, not always easy. Then the ball needs to be out. There's so many things in, in handball. You can do it immediately. 
Whereas in uh, in hockey, there's so many factors that you can't control as a team that just make it make it totally easy, uh, totally crazy to do uh, easily in 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 the heat of the moment. But you can, I I I think it's gonna. It's like the high ball, you know. Five years ago, no one was really focusing on it, and now uh, it's a it's a common thing. So, yeah, let's see how that evolves. But yeah, like Agus um, said, it didn't work out really good for them. <laughs> no, not, not, not this time. Not this time. Would you be Would you be a fan of of changing that rule and and allowing for goalkeeper switches on the fly, like for example in in handball? You think that could be? Is there a reason not to do that? I think uh, uh, maybe maybe it would be interesting if they don't have to change at the at, at the um, at the midline. Hmm. You know, the the extra player comes in at the back behind the goal. I don't know whatever, but that's probably logistically not doable. I just don't think you can do it logistically. Probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy imagine idea. imagine make, making making the change in the middle. We had some some teams as Korea playing with twelve. So imagine if the change we can do it from whatever in the in the field, you know. But I think I I agree to every change that doesn't change the sport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if we can play four quarters in, ter- uh, in instead of two 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 half, because that make more uh, space for the publicity for sponsors and and to sell the sport better, I agree. So if we can change the goalkeeper easily to play with 12 or uh, more changes, or for example, if you can change the, the drag flicker in the field like was in the past, mm-hmm. why not? I think why not? Um, I think international federation and every federation in every, in every country in the world has to think how to keep our sport Olympic, how to keep our sport um, more attractive to new people uh, and to new players. Um, because I don't know, I love my sport. I love hockey. And I think um, some things they are not making some attractive to, to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, let, let's, let's look forward now. Uh, the game's ahead of us. Uh, can can you tell me, uh, August? I'm starting with you. Uh, what game is 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 uh, the one that you're really looking forward to from the games that uh, will be played, uh, crossover or quarterfinals? Uh, why? And and can you tell an audience of coaches what do you think will be a, a very tactical play from that game that they have to look for? Uh, I think the next crossover for me that is going to be really interesting will be Germany France. Mm-hmm. I agree because I think uh, it's not it's not going to be easy for for Germany. Um, I think France, France is very good very good team. I think is my personal opinion. Uh, Charlet is one of the best four drag flickers in the world at the moment. Um, I can see him every every day in the Belgian Championship, uh, and also in this World Cup is yeah is really 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 good uh, at that with a really good statistic, and also he's the first runner. Uh, and really good. So I think I yeah, and also I think French they know how to play in the zone. So I think this is gonna be interesting for me. It's gonna be a big question. It's 
France is going to be put pressure on on Germany or not, and if they will play with centre forward or they will play with two forwards as they did it uh, against Argentina. Um, and for me, Germany also has such talent, and the the match I think it will change a lot if Germany can open the match easily in the in the first half or not. I think that change. I have a um, I, I don't know a lot of confidence or a lot of focus put in in Wellen. Uh, I think Wellen is a crack player. He's a different player in my way of thinking. And also Hinrich is a midfielder that I love from Germany. And I think it's it's a match that no one of both teams can can make a penalty corner. You know, Grambusch and Peilat for Germany, Charlotte for for France. You know, if if you make a penalty corner, it's almost goal. So that's gonna be open also the 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 chances the clear chances for field goals it's as we spoke before eh, with the flick okay you can protect the flick but you open some windows or some doors in the circle this is the same you can defend uh, differently to don't make penalty corners but in the same way you are opening for field goals so i think it's going to be a really really interesting uh, game to to see and of course my heart will be with france <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think time, time pressure will be um, against Germany. That's uh, definitely the case. Like Agus said, the more the game stays close, the more pressure will build on Germany and the more France is going to believe. France traditionally always plays better in uh, knockout games. They have this thing. Uh, it's it's uh, Some countries just have that, that they play better. But uh, for me... Agus has a bit more inside because he coaches three of the guys. But I I did see from pretty closely the German team. They also did not they're rebuilding I lost connection. I don't know if yeah. it's me or it's here. No, no, it's, uh, I, I think it's Xavier who's lost the uh, connection. So, okay, August, uh, what, what do you think that, that uh, France needs to do uh, to, um, to beat the Germans? Because for me, the Germans are the biggest outsider to become even world champion, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, eh? but I still believe in, 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 in France because uh, I love my guys. <laughs> uh, but that's that's but that's I, the heart. I, that's the heart talking. What what what's the yeah, mind but, saying? <laughs> you you know I'm Argentinian, eh? Ah, okay. I cannot put my heart out of my of my mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> Clear. Uh, but I, I think uh, I I totally agree with with Xavier. I think the, the the time in the match will will put a lot of pressure to Germany because they know they are they are better in the papers, and mm-hmm. they have to win. And they should win, um, but I think also France has has his weapons. Eh? He, uh, also has uh, quality players in the midfielder, um, and also with with that penalty corner, you can believe. Eh? I I can also give the example of us of Argentina in the Olympic of 2016. Mm-hmm. We knew we had Peilat, mm-hmm. so sometimes we were not the best team in, in the field in production in circle penetration, but we knew we had Peilat. And the other teams, we knew also we had Peilat. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So that changed a lot in the mind of the player. So um, and you can see the frustration in some players when they provoke a penalty corner against a, a really uh, good right flicker. So I think that's gonna that's gonna make also a special match uh, to to that match. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sofia, you're back. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, internet connection. Yeah, yeah no problem. Uh, on it happens. Last point, Agus, you had uh, you had Pilat, but you also had Brunette. You had Vila. You had the I think you had the best striker line uh, in Rio. Uh, you had a very clear tactics. It's just high balls and try and get a corner, and you had the guys that could do it. And that's where I think the Argentinian team in uh, in Rio was more solid than the French team now. I think there was more quality. Uh, if they get four corners and uh, Germany, uh, you know, and, and four go in, okay, then Germany needs to score five. It's not easy, yeah, for sure. So it's a weapon. But I just think there's more quality. The German team's been rebuilding since a long time. I think it's a blessing for them that the World Cup is now and not in the summer like uh, the women's because Andre just started. Um, they had a good view at analyzing the Olympics. They're a very, um, they're also uh, like chasing. It's like Australia didn't win in, in Tokyo. They want to try and win now. And Germany really got hurt and huh? not meddling uh, and, and, and ending four in, in Tokyo. So it's the next big tournament and that's where they, they want to be. So could add pressure on them as well, for sure, which again plays in the hand of France. But yeah. I, let's just say it like that. Agus is like you said, huh? if the score stays close really long, then mm -hmm. France is going to become better, 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 better. And pressure is going to be more and more and more on Germany. But in quality, for me, Germany has just got more. I mean, they have Thies Prince, which is an unbelievable player. Uh, Henrik, you said, Niklas Wellens on fire. I really rate their goalkeeper. Alex mm -hmm. is a really, really good goalkeeper. And he's now also, it's his second big tournament. It's always different. Um, they have a, a, a strong foundation in the build-up. They have some good controlling midfielders. They have speed, good corner offense, good corner defense. So they have the full package. And that's where I think France has got some limitations in some aspect. They're definitely a really good team. Huh? Don't get me wrong. I, I really, really like them. But they're a little bit more limited. So uh, Germany is definitely favorites for me. Mm -hmm. If, if uh, allowing to comment on, on, on your goalkeeper uh, comment there, Xavier, in, in our yeah. previous panel talk, uh, we had uh, Mark Knowles uh, stating that the team that's going to be world champion uh, this year is going to be the team that has the best goalie. Um, how, how important is that role? Uh, and, and will Stadler, for example, be that guy for Germany? I think he could be. But I think it's an easy, I mean, Nolsey obviously knows a lot about hockey, but if you look in the history of the game, uh, since let's go back to 2000, Ronald Janssen, he was the best goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. uh, 2002, um, uh, Weinhold, he was, he, he's just, when he was standing, he, there was no space anymore to put the ball next to him. He was so tall, you know? And so probably in the history, it's always been the team with the best goalkeeper that's won it. Vinny's won uh, a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, so he had a, he had a massive impact. I always say good goalkeeper and a good corner gets you a very 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 long way. Yeah. And I think uh, Alex could be that guy. Yeah, definitely. He's um, he's young eh, still. Mm -hmm. He's really yeah. young. And, uh, so I think he can be. But yeah, for me, Vinny is still ahead of all the other ones. But Alex is uh, is definitely also a good one. Mm -hmm. What what's your thoughts on that, Algus? Uh, do you do you need the top goalie to become world champion? 
yeah, at least a, a really good one. And also in the, in the penalty corners, because I think right now the goalkeepers, um, they are separated between those ones that are good in the, in the field, those ones that are really good in penalty corners, and those ones that are good in, in boats, of course. That's the special ones. And uh, sure And I think you, you need a, a keeper good in the penalty corners first, um, because it's easily to, to cut lines or to defend in the field goal, but not in the penalty corners. Penalty corners, also you need a first runner, a really good first runner. And I think, for example, Belgium has everything. Has Van Son Van Asch, has uh, um, uh, Victor Wenye, mm -hmm. uh, and also, I hope, still Hendricks. Yeah. I hope. T -t talking, about, talking about that, you, you mentioned, okay, Argentina in Rio, yeah, they knew they had Payat uh, for the corner, and, and that was a deciding factor. Belgium obviously last a couple of years uh, had had Alex Hendricks uh, as as a deciding factor on the corner. Uh, Alex is is injured at the moment. I know that he's going to get uh, a scan tomorrow uh, to see if uh, if he will be able to play yes or no. Will that have a big impact on Belgium, or can they handle it if he can't play? I. I really believe also uh, in in the others um, in the other drag flickers. Of course, I think they are really really good. But Hendricks was a special one as well. He he, he showed that in the last in the last tournaments. So I think gonna have an impact in in Belgian team for sure. Xavier, mm -hmm. yeah. Look in Tokyo. Uh, if you look at the quarterfinal against Spain, uh, close game. One card for Spain created two corners. Alex put both in. Game over semi-final here we come uh so yeah a good corner has a massive impact we do have the luxury that we have arguably the best one in the world and then uh arguably let's say three guys that would probably fit in the top 10 best flickers in the world it's a mm -hmm. massive luxury that we have so it will have an impact for sure um and it can, but we have the luxury to have other guys as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Alice, if you look at the, the games to come, what will be for coaches the player to watch? What is the special player that they have to keep uh, keep an eye on? What what he's doing? Well, hopefully there are so many, so many, mm -hmm. uh, so many for each team. As we said, we were talking about Germany. Uh, Germany for me, Wellen is is a fantastic player. It's a different one, doing sometimes things that um, could be shown as easy things, but they are not easy at, at all, mm -hmm. because it has timing. Um, for my country, for Argentina, I think Matias Rey is the one to, to see in Argentina. Is always uh, doing everything. Uh, simple, but they are not simple at all. Always with a lot of timing. For England, I love Wallace. Um, I think also it's a special one in the midfield. Um, Craig from uh, Australia also. He's doing a, a wonderful tournament. Really, really wonderful tournament. For, for Belgium, I cannot put my heart out as well. So I would say, of course, Tom Boom uh, and Gautier Boca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will, I will. Tommy is, is a special one. I, I won't say the name, but yesterday when Belgium was playing, 
someone write to me a message and say to me, Agus, we didn't see Tom already in the tournament. And I say, wait, wait for him. He will appear in the moment that we need. And they make five afterwards. So oh. <laughs> a special one. It's, it's, a, it's a special one. It's a special one. And I think special ones show their talent in a special moment as well. Um, then I don't want to forget teams. Uh, for France, I say Charlotte, uh, of course, is the one to watch. And also Gaspar Bogatem in the middle. I think sometimes it's not doing the, um, the things for the TV, you know, the best dribblings, the best things, but they are always in a good place. That's very important. Always cutting line with, with good passes, with, with running with the balls. Um, which team I'm missing? I think you got uh, most of the favorites already. So, Sarge, uh, may, maybe you're your player to watch. Um, I really like Wallace. I really, really like him. Uh, there's many great players, of course, but I really like him. And it, I also want to highlight him a little bit more because I do think that England, we haven't really talked about them, huh? no. but it's a really, really good team. I mm. quite like them and they're cruising through. And uh, I thought they were really, really good in, uh, in Tokyo as well. And I, I really like them. And I also expect them to go far. And uh, like always, you know, the palms under the radar, but then in the end, boom, they show up and, and they're there when it matters and always challenging teams. So uh, I really, really like that. But I'm a very, very big fan of uh, guys that do a lot of work and make the other players play much better. I would say uh, also, I uh, like really great players. They have the ability to make everything look easy, also when it's really hard. But guys like, uh, and usually it's more experienced guys, John John's been doing it his entire career. Mm. Uh, Felix Zanari is a guy like that. Florent Van Obel, he, he also just makes everyone play uh, better. So those three in, in the Belgium team. Um, and somehow, yeah, Australia has a way of doing it uh, as a collective, you know. They always are able to do it as a collective. Agus highlighted Craig. I think Gover's having a really, really good tournament as well, um, uh, which I'm quite, um, how shall I say it? I, th I think he was still looking a little bit for himself in the Belgium league. He wasn't that much standing out as he's with the Aussie team and he's really, really picked it up. So I'm quite happy for him. And I, I'm a big fan of Ockenden because he's also a guy that just makes everyone, like he, everyone, it's like the French keep saying it, but I agree with them. When Zizou was on the pitch, everyone was playing 10% better. And I think he's a guy like that. Uh, and I, yeah, those are the guys that I, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy, um, enjoy playing with because they also provide the ability for guys like Tom, guys like Wellen, to be, for the special ones, to be the special one. Uh, and, and they create that opportunity. Um, a guy that, that I personally really like, and also I'm very, very happy for him with the way things went, is Cédric Charlier. Mm -hmm. Because for me, he was in his whole career somehow underestimated. And I think he struggled with that. And the last year, he's really broken through. And he has such amazing quality and such amazing control of everything he does. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I, I also think he's playing a really good tournament again. So it's, uh, it's quite nice to see. So yeah, I have to put him there as well. But there's many. Like I always feel that's a, a tough question because I don't want to offend anyone by forgetting him, you know? <laughs> There's so many good guys um, that, that, that you could name. So, yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. then, then last question for me, uh, guys, is who is going to be world champion? But more importantly, why? August. 
<laughs> not the heart, not I, the heart, the mind. Now, with, with my mind, I would say I would say Belgium. Um, because um, it's the most experienced team in the world. There are the same, the same, the same group of players playing together from so many times, so many times that this is not an easy thing to to get in a team. And this is the dream of every coach, I, I guess. No, you know, to have a youth player but with a lot of experience and a lot of time playing together. So, Sean Sean Domen playing. Uh, 360 caps. Yeah. I don't know how many. This, yeah. this is awesome. This this is not normal. But if you see the the less capped player in Belgium, I guess should be 200. <laughs> this is this is unbelievable. And also they have the I think one of the best goalkeepers in the world. They have the one of the best drag flickers in the world, and they have one of the best runners, first runner in the penalty corner in the world. So. I think the the key of every championship they have they have even like this they won the last uh, Olympic by shootouts and the last World Cup by shootouts so that means this this sport is really open but mm -hmm. if I have to, to bet I don't like to bet but if I have to I will do it for Belgium. Okay, Xavier. Yeah, same. If you look at all the great uh, dynasties, it's all teams that have been together for a very, very long time. You had at the end of the 90s, start of the 2000s, you had Holland, then Germany had it. Just a group that stayed together and Australia has always been at the top also. Uh, and they're probably the exception in the way that they have been always changing players somehow and, and, and they've been able to do it. Um, but also on the key moments, I think experience is, uh, does a lot and that's where Belgium excels. Uh, and that's where they have the edge at the moment still. Uh, so I uh, I would also have um, uh, have to go for them because like Agus says, uh, it, the, the younger guys, I mean, you know, in the previous question, I could have said Antoine Quinat, I could have said Victor Renier. They're all unbelievable players, but they're young eh, still. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, um, you know, since 2014, when I retired, I think uh, those two, maybe two other guys joined the team. And otherwise, they've, they're all playing together since then you know so it's a team that has them they just know each other by heart mm -hmm. yeah okay so i'll have to root for uh for a uh, belgium and for a uh, vinnie uh, to uh to just uh, get it over the line again yeah <laughs> i can imagine are, are we going to see a shootout in the, in semi-finals or final what do you think yeah i think so and uh the games close august i hope no Ah. But I don't know. Ah, you're not a fan of the shootouts. <laughs> no, 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 not 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 really. I, I don't know. Eh? I don't I don't like them. I I don't think um, they make some extra value to our sport. I like uh, field goals. Sorry, I'm old school. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Ernst? You asked. Uh, sorry, I changed the topic a little bit, but oh, you asked about a change of rules. What do you think of the drop-off system? You know that I, I explained it once. It was in New Zealand, start of 2000. But it's amazing. You play. It's a draw. It's a knockout game. You play. I don't know. Let's say seven minutes. Eleven against eleven. Extra time. Golden or no golden goal. Just seven minutes. And then if if it's equal, you play nine against nine on a full pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, seven minutes and and then seven against seven until there's a winner you know 
until there's a golden goal. Something like that would make the sport so crazy and so nice and and so exciting. I, I love. I tried. I tried. I totally agree. I tried in some trainings with my team here, and we get we get fun, and also it's it's amazing. I think I'm more for uh, field goals and penalty corners. Field goals and penalty corners. I think this is uh, something wonderful to see and not shoot out or penalty strokes. But it's my feeling. Eh? I, I don't know if I'm right or not. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing, uh, shoot outs, they're nice, but the way the video goes now, I don't like it anymore. Mm. It's video on video and then you've won, oh, no video because we still have it. Maybe there's something I didn't see that they will see on the video. And it, I understand it, but it's not nice. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't make the sport better. Yeah. No, and also... I, and also, it's, I, I will make a, a comparison with like indoor hockey. I'm not a specialist of indoor at all, um, but I remember that one time they put out a one player, make it more uh, spectacular, and at the end was more tactical and less spectacular. So I think the same in the shootouts. We imagine the shootouts as something is uh, special to the to the audience, but for me as a coach, it's boring. Um, a player or most of them putting back to the goalie and turning and so when 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 the stereotypical play of a uh, way of play that uh, wins, I think we have to change. Cool. Who do you cool. think will win, uh, Ernst? Um, <clears throat> within, you know, honestly, I, I think I think my 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 uh, my bet will be on Australia. Okay. Um, I, I fully agree with with uh, the all, all the comments you make and 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 the reason why it could be Belgium, uh, experienced team work uh, playing together for so long, um, but in all honesty, uh, and, and it's also something that that was uh, discussed with uh, with Mo Fürster and uh, and, and uh, Mark Knowles in in our previous panel talk is uh, there will always be a change of generation of of the the dominant team. And um, I have a feeling that, that we're going to about to see that and that Australia will become the, the dominant team for the next couple of years. Uh, and I think mm. that this could be the moment that sets it off uh, for them. Uh, but yeah, you, you never know. I think it's going to be an a enormous battle. The, the team that I did not expect to be an outsider was England. Um, but for me, they are an outsider at the moment. Uh, they can surprise everybody. Um, but in all honesty, I think the two best teams are still Australia and Belgium, um, with England and Germany as as very dangerous outsiders. Uh, India, we haven't talked much about India, but yeah, they 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 can surprise everybody in in the bad way and in a positive way. But uh, yeah, for me, it will be Australia, and I think that could be the launch of of a new era of dominance by by Australia as well. Uh, uh, so we, we didn't say anything about Holland either. No, uh, well, well, like like I told you in the pre-show, and the, the funny thing is, is uh, Australian former Australian international Simon Orchard is uh, uh, doing a, a, a I think daily podcast uh, about the World Cup, and in one of his podcasts, he uh, he told his audience that he thinks that this Holland team is the worst Dutch team ever to play on the World Cup. Um, I do not know if I agree with him. I think that uh, that uh, uh, I, it's difficult for me to talk as as obviously as as uh, 
uh, a parent of the previous generation. So you have to be careful about what you're saying there. Um, but I do believe that the previous generation was a lot more talented than this generation. Uh, but in all honesty, I think that Jeroen Delmey, as a coach, uh, did a great job of building a team. And, and, and we talk a lot as coaches about the connection within the team. And I think that he's built a team with a lot of connection among the players. Uh, so I do not think that, that uh, Orchard was right in his uh, estimation that this is the worst uh, Dutch team uh, ever to play on the World Cup. Uh, but are they ready yet for to be considered a true outsider? They've had the easy way to the quarterfinals. Uh, they've had the most easy pull of all. It would have been a challenge not to become first in that pool. Um, so they probably will have one of the, the least uh, strongest teams or challenges in, in the quarterfinals if, if it's going to be Argentina um, because yeah. the Argentinian team is some, a team that they like to play um, so they had the easy route towards the semifinals but I do not think that they will make it uh, to, to, to the top level. So uh, I think mm -hmm. that India has a bigger chance of upsetting anyone than the Dutch. But uh, it's, it's still the Dutch. Quality is there. Uh, they, they can surprise. Okay. Agreed or not? <laughs> Xavier? Uh, yes, yeah. Well, uh, it's the team that I've seen the least, but I know Jeroen very well. I, I played for him both in national team and at club. And yeah, he's a very te good tactical coach. He also developed a lot as a coach huh, in, internationally yeah. in France. And yeah, yeah I th think if there's one guy that uh, rebuilt that team really nicely is, uh, well, rebuilt. I mean, they still lost in shootouts in the quarterfinal in Tokyo. So, but okay, it's a new coach, new start, new project. And I agree with you in the sense that I'm sure Jeroen is targeting Paris more than this World Cup. And so it's probably less of a highlight. It's a World Cup, it's a highlight, but it's less of a highlight. And he's probably more focused on Paris already. But uh, yeah, if you can uh, win a title on the way there, it's uh, never a bad thing. And once you're in the semis, everything is possible, like yeah. you said. August, you have seen everything. What did you think of the Dutch? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't agree. I not agree in the fact that there is the worst uh, Dutch team in the history. No. I think just is a young team, very young team. And I think teams are like fruits, you know? It's about moderation. So you can eat an apple in a moment or in another and could be juicy in a moment and horrible in another. So I think this is not, I feel, this is not the moment of this Dutch team, but will be. So with time and with work, there are a lot of talent, of course. I will never say that a Dutch team is not talented. It's impossible. It's impossible. With the infrastructure, with the uh, number of players playing, with the culture, with the... Of course, they can have a lot of problems like every team, like every nation, but not a lack of talent mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, guys, uh, let's, uh, let's round it up here. Uh, thanks very much for uh, sharing the knowledge with us and sharing the insights uh, for uh, for uh, this this World Cup, um, uh, it's a shame that uh, Shane McAleese uh, was not able to wake up. But yeah, okay, we, we have to give it to him. It's very late in uh, it's dark in uh, New Zealand at the moment, so uh, we fully understand uh, that a uh, young family father uh, needs his sleep as well. 
but uh, we we had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking to uh, both of you guys. So uh, thanks very much, and uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, let's enjoy the World Cup uh, to come. Bye bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Take care. Huh? Bye bye. Bye bye. Ciao.